up, everybody? Welcome to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records, joined by my co-host, Nate Holt. What's going on, Nate? How's it going, everyone? And special guest, Corey Allen Kibler from Lincoln, Nebraska. Corey is a uh, musician and a friend of mine for many, many years. Uh, what's going on, Corey? Corey, and I'm so glad to be here. I'm thrilled. Thank you for inviting me. I love the project that we're about to talk about, and I ate some salmon, so I'm fortified. <laughs> what? Why did you say yeah. your own name? Corey Kibler. <laughs> That's not something I've known you to really do all that often. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, but That's who I'm just he glad is. To be here. That's yeah. who he is. Yeah. Who I, it's who I am. All right, well, gentlemen, I brought you... Loud and proud, brother. <laughs> Loud and proud, Corey Allen. <laughs> I brought you together today uh, to talk about an album I made with a ton of collaborators. Uh, the album's called A Weirdest Beat Tape. And uh, we're going to tell the story of that album today and uh i i hate that i sound like my logical methodical side just comes right out but i don't know another way to do it so i'm just gonna dive in we're just gonna lean into that a little bit yeah we do have like a, a concept a little bit in that we're gonna well let me back up about a year and a half ago depths of the pandemic stimulus money rolling in uh i purchased a SP404 SX for you for those of you on Instagram or YouTube you're I'm holding it up to the camera right now. This is the actual unit. Uh very famous kind of lo-fi known for lo-fi hip hop, very famous sampler. And uh of course, I immediately started making music cuz that's what I do when I buy new kind of synth equipment specifically. And uh, this project is the first thing that happened uh, with the 404, along with um, another album um, that's coming out in a couple months. Uh, done the the podcast show for it, but um, yeah, we, we won't go into that here. That <laughs> uh, I don't want to expand our scope too much. So made an album with a 404. Just exploring all the 404 things, right? Sampling, effects, the pattern sequencer, resampling, all the famous. If you've used a 404 or or touched that world at all, I watched YouTube videos and I went down rabbit holes and I, I kind of looked at what the greats have done with it and just started playing with those techniques. And uh, what you're about to hear is the album that resulted from that. We're going to listen in the order I made the songs, roughly. Of course, they overlapped somewhat, but as much as possible, we're going to listen to the stuff in the order that I um, made it. And one piece of this, and, and we'll start talking about it right away with the, with the second song, but uh, I got very interested in doing remixes um, and so, Corey, I did a remix for you on this project. Uh, mm -hmm. Nate, with your kind introduction, I did a remix for Approach. Um, I'll tell the story of the Sounds Good remix in a second when we when we listen to that. And then um, just kind of I discovered a 
a wonderful stick figure acapella just as I was like trolling through Bandcamp. That dude has so much music on Bandcamp spread out with different <laughs> labels and um and it's I spent a lot of money on that guy's music and I'm happy to have done it. <laughs> but um one of the one of the EPs I found uh that was on the producers page, I think, included all the acapellas and all the instrumentals and and one of the songs, Bucket, uh really jumped out at me. So I just grabbed that acapella and did the tune and then showed it to stick like hey i hope you like this um if it's okay could i put it out um yeah the phoenix hey, here we go sorry I, I actually hit enter <laughs> i was ready i was about to ask what five out of six is about this yeah is so this is a cover phoenix, of Odessa song it, it's not even a cover it's um I literally I took this thing out of the box on the day it came I turned the power on and I started hitting buttons and I immediately realized like oh I need some material to play with <laughs> yeah and so it uh, the SX here it has a, a pretty crappy little built-in microphone uh, which is super useful and so um, I beatboxed this kick and snare kind of cross stick sound into that mic and uh you know use the effects to to pitch them down and probably filter distortion you know different effects to make the drum sounds and then i went up to carrie Ann and i was like hey you know will you sing something what what song's in your head right now and this was the song, this Dessa song. It's called It's Five Out of Six. Incredible song, incredible artist. And so I just, she sang the, the hook, acapella, no, not to the click, not to anything. And then I had her do those hums just for, uh, for something to mess with to make a little pad sort of out of. And in a day in which we're running here and there and constantly. And that's it. Oh, yeah, this caught me by surprise. There's there's interstitial noise and radio uh, sound. There's two layers to that. One is a layer that Drew recorded with the Soma. I think it's called the Ether. It's this little device that um, records all the radio frequencies like at once. And so it's <laughs> it's crazy, just no, experimental noise and whatever. And then I I made a radio. Well, I I bought a radio with a voltage controlled tuner and modded it so that I could put like synth control voltage in to control the tuning knob. So I sequenced the radio a bunch and like chopped that up and and that's the kind of inner <laughs> intermediate noise. So I love that sort of thing. And wait, so in the in the track that we just heard, uh, five out of six, that a sample of your voice. Yep. That didn't that didn't sound like a beatbox at all. Like it sounded like like a four hundred four sound. I'm yeah. I'm pretty impressed and a little bit alarmed by, by well, that. It's awesome. And it's it's all due to the four hundred four's effects. Because like one of the one of the things about the four hundred four is applying the effects and you can only you can only apply one at a time and if you want to apply a second one you have to resample the first and okay, then apply sure. the second and like resample that so you 
it forces you to commit almost like four track tape or something where you just have to yeah, say it's like you have to yep yeah so both those sounds are heavily processed my beatboxing is not impressive at all that's pretty i mean maybe well i mean whether it was you or the 404 like it just sounds super dope that was really good it is kind of weird like right with a dawes or something like that you never really have to commit like you think about like bouncing down tracks on a four track or an eight track high school or college or something you, re- you had to decide this is how it's going to be or else i have to do the whole thing over again mm-hmm. so that must be an interesting thing to go back to like, you make it's a fun it's a little hard wracking at times but it's yeah. fun yeah I bet. so this is a mashup of uh sounds good's song money and uh, Mass One, which is a night mode song. Drew made it himself. It's off the first night mode album. So the solo, a solo Drew night mode. And let's actually, let's listen to it a little bit. So, so neither of these first two were really intended for release. Uh, this Money Mask One, this is the second piece I made on the 404. I started by chopping up Night Mode song, adding the drums. I made these drum samples. I added that Rhodes. Yeah, the Rhodes sounds dope. Uh-huh. And uh, it turned into this huge, like, nine-minute thing. Then there's a big synth part that comes in later. And I I shared it with Nate and Royce, like, before or after one of the podcasts. And as we were listening to it together, I kind of had this passive thought, like, oh, like, I almost think some vocals could fit in here. And my perception from the two of you, Nate, was that you guys are like, ah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You couldn't not, do it. not not that it was. You know, it was more like uh, I want to see how that that goes, right? Yeah, yeah. But you couldn't quite see it. It wasn't an immediate like. Oh yeah, no, I couldn't. No. So I wanted to show you what I had in mind. And I just went looking for any kind of like rap vocals that I could pop in there. And uh, in my iTunes library was this money acapella from a Sounds Good EP that probably a lot of people don't have. And uh, so I grabbed it and I started cutting it in. And I loved it way more than I expected to. Like, I, I just wanted to, when I sat down, I just wanted to show the concept. But as I went through the song and, like, was finding spots for things, I started to get really into it. And it became something that got, like, I the song was stuck on my head as I was making it for like a couple weeks and so it became like a really important kind of piece of the journey but 
at a, at a technical level, it's very limited. Like the mix is way off, both because I didn't know what I was doing so much with the 404 and because I wasn't mixing around vocals. Like I wasn't leaving a space for vocals on purpose. And I had to slow uh, Joe Good down a ton, you know, to make it match the tempo because this tempo is just glacial. Hey, right. Um, yep. So a bunch of things combined to make it. It's not my best mix, certainly, but the song does get stuck in my head. And I think I think once somebody has heard the whole thing, all the way to the end with this big long outro, I think then it makes sense. But it is a weird one at first. I like the I like the weird one. It's weird. Uh, like um, I mean, as you were talking about it, probably you were saying that that you were using the vocals as an example, almost like a Laura Mixon, like here's where it could go or something. The vocals are do feel really disparate from the beat itself, but I think it works super well, like in a way that maybe wouldn't really appreciate until you actually heard it. Like, I don't think anybody would have thought to, to put those together. Um, I, so, I'm sure we'll hear it at, since we're listening to the songs in the order in which they were done, I'm sure that on your end, you, you experienced evolution in how you were doing the 404. Do you hear uh, an evolution, like, sonically? Like, when you listen back, are you like, oh, I can tell is happening or I got better at this or I did this less or yeah absolutely I mean coming from you know the world I've come from in terms of rock and you know ambient electronic music and all kinds of different things I've learned a ton about leaving space for vocals I've learned a ton about so like in a rock band in a verse part of a Shacker song or whatever, right? You know, the bass and the guitar will have their own parts to play throughout the verse, but like they will keep, they will play consistently. And this is obvious in retrospect, but in hip hop, a lot of times there's a call and response between different instruments. So your bass will play a couple notes and then your sample or a horn or something else We'll play a couple notes or a chord or something. You won't have like the bass and an organ and right, right. a sample all going throughout the whole loop. Which is what you hear, you know, like I'm playing the roads and the, the night mode song is going on like here and there's a synth lead and they're all there's no space in any of those right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> just press play on them all at the same time no, that's good and again i think it i think it works really well like it's wild to go from right the section that we're that we just heard that's just very minimal little almost like somebody playing a, a rhythm on their knee right know? Yeah, yeah, right. That'll be going on, and then like it just comes kind of ripping in, and it's pr- it's pretty badass. Like I think it sounds super super cool. Nate, that synth lead is MS20 into delay 
into some kind of a distortion, and I think it's the MS-20's own distortion. I think I, I think I took the line out from the MS-20, okay. hit delay, and then ran back through the MS-20 signal processor for the distortion. Roads that you have in your house, did you say there was something like goofy with it that you had to fix or something like that? I was that? about to ask if that's the roads that you use. It is. Uh, that Rhodes cool. is back uh, with its owner, Scott Morris, now. Ah. But yeah, it was, the action was really tough. You had to really pound it to get sound out of it. Um, and the tuning was off when I got it from him. I, I, That's what I remember. I tuned it pretty yeah. well, so it was in tune by this point. Uh, but the action was Rhodes. pretty tough. But like a piano? No. It's uh, it's got tines on it, and they've got little springs. And uh, how yeah, I know I'm not explaining this thoroughly, but essentially what it is, it's just uh, that uh, tines, which are little uh, thin uh, metal, um, you know, um, bars. Then they have a spring that goes on them, and depending on where you do the spring up or down on that bar is how it vibrates the note that it vibrates at, the frequency that it vibrates at. Huh. Um, so you can, you know, you can really tune it, like use a tuner and tune each note as they go, but uh, keeping the uh, tines um, you know, in, in good shape and uh, keeping that whole uh, basically like um board um with with the pickups and everything on it uh in good enough shape and and mechanically um you know i guess the word i'm looking for you know mechanically uh optimal is 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 difficult a lot of times yeah they take a lot of tlc to really yeah yeah, keep in good shape. Like if you move if you move them around, you gig with them. You you definitely need like a roadie or like a tech because right. they they'll they'll they require it for sure. Uh, do people like do a alternate tuning of roads on purpose? Like, is that something that people do? I'm sure. I bet so. Yeah, I'm sure somebody has, but it, it, it'd be, be a commitment. Like, I feel like. Uh, Nils from probably has done it at some point. Bet if like Steve Malkmus has a Rhodes, he's done it. Yeah. I'm gonna buy a Rhodes and detune it and make a million dollars. So before we move on, I just I can't thank uh, Jamal Joe Good enough for approving that money mass one mashup because because I know how weird it is and. Uh, I was thrilled when he okayed it. All right, so uh, this is a song by an artist called Christina Graves. We had her on the podcast. And I was editing the podcast, her her podcast where we had her on, at, you know, 1.3, 1.4 speed. And we're, I'm just bopping along in podcast mode. And all of a sudden, I realized that this song has like an amazing feel at that speed. Uh, so that became the basis. I, I 
bounced out a version at that speed uh, with no other with no changes no sonic changes except I added a tiny bit of kick drum you know to reinforce because at this speed everything is moved up about half an octave maybe not quite maybe maybe five or six semitones so I added just a touch of kick drum to, to put back some low end and uh, chopped it up, did all the arranging in, uh, in my DAW and Reaper. And then, of course, put it on the 404, did all the, the effects and everything. And I had made that space for a rap verse, uh, which Royce uh, very nicely filled. And uh, we're actually talking, I can't announce anything, but we're actually talking about maybe doing a little bit more with this song. Uh, so hopefully that will come together. Um, oh yeah, and I took I took some samples of her from the very end, some vocal samples that I sprinkled in, kind of throughout. But it was fun to rearrange this one and like really change where the verses fit and where the choruses fit. And uh, and in the section after this, I kind of created. I think I can hear like a real evolution just between the first two songs and this one. And listening back, like this seem this seems a lot more like intentional or something. Um, not that the other two weren't awesome, but they definitely sounded like experimental. Yeah, in a way or something like that. This this one is like uh, was very fleshed out. I would love it if you guys did more with this song. That would be wonderful. That's my vote. And a lot of, I mean, all the credit goes to the Priscina and Brandon and the original artists and uh, engineers because sure. this is this whole record. It's beautiful. It's beautifully recorded from start to finish. We got listeners go back and listen to our episode with Christina Graves, which is a really cool episode. Uh, but this this whole album sounds fantastic. Um, play the players are incredible, but it's just something about this one. The speed it had that kind of. It had the chipmunk soul kind of thing, but not in a cheesy way. Like it could sustain through the whole song. I felt like it's like a like when <laughs> when Kanye is at his best with that sped up soul, it works really really well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, he's also done it in a way that goofy. But right on that common record, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just really tastefully done. Even then, it's pretty impressive to be able to listen to a whole song with it sped up and it feels natural and not like at all gimmicky or anything. You know what I mean? It sounds mm -hmm. it's just like a song. Yeah, I like that one. It was just happenstance. Sure. And, you know, the reason I got the 404, I didn't know if I'd make releasable music with it. Sure. But I got it because I got it for the ear training. I wanted to learn how to listen for samples and chop samples up and I thought that would do something interesting to my ears and to my production skills in other types of music and <laughs> this was an example of that process starting right because I wasn't looking for a sample I was just editing the podcast and all of a sudden my ears perked up like oh wait this could be something else it's awesome 
Uh, so Corey's what was that next. Thing at the, oh, go ahead, Nate. What was that thing at the end of it? Some more of that radio noise. I don't oh, okay. miss it specifically, but like every track has some of that at the end. All right. I'm gonna let the first few bars, like I wanna hear like your first or eight bars of this. Dumb dorks don't know the half of this. <laughs> so shout out to uh, Mike Papagini, uh, the beat maker on this track. And this is this is like a halfway track because Corey, we had talked about, and, and I've now done a full remix of this track with a new instrumental. <laughs> which will come out on a future project. But this was the halfway point of... I had taken your vocal and the original instrumental, sliced them up in Reaper again, and rearranged them like I had done with today. And it just... It had its own thing that I liked and wanted to play more with the effects on the 404. And so I just... I just made it its own... Thing. So there's going to end up being three versions of this song. <laughs> That's awesome. Extra, extra, extra version. Uh, I should have done yeah. that with the titles. That's that we could totally still do that. We can, can do still that. With the, uh, the full remix, yeah. yeah. Um, this song, uh, I'm I'm so thrilled with it. Uh, okay, the original, like this... Uh, I just wanted to listen to that part. Um, That's my favorite part of the whole thing, is like emphasizing the Pop-Tarts line. Like this, so this song eventually, obviously it's like fun, where I was totally having fun with it and just doing whatever. And I liked it a lot and I thought it was funny everything, but I, I remember when you sent me the remix, in my car on the way to work, like laughing out loud. And uh, perfect. it was like, she did not get why my four-year-old daughter did not get why I was laughing that hard. At, she's like, it just it stops in weird places. I don't get it. And I was like, it's perfect. It's good. <laughs> yeah, I really chopped the ending to bits. Love it. <laughs> Which was, a, I guess I just, I wasn't really thinking that hard about it. It was just having fun. But I guess I thought it was kind of a fun juxtaposition with the like very old school, you know, Hip hop, hip hip. Oh yeah. So it's like if you're gonna do that in 2022, you have to. There has to be a curveball in there somewhere. You can't just do that. I don't know. Absolutely. I definitely like for the. I mean, for the chorus and a lot of this song. Like I was definitely. I was listening to a ton of um. Uh. Uh. God. Cool J. Is it stereo or radio? Which right? What is it called? I think it's. I think it's radio. Anyway. Yeah, I was listening to a shitload of that at my house because I found it on vinyl and I just couldn't stop listening to it. He had those like bap bap hip bap like th those kinds of choruses that are like boom bap like 
Eat dance kind of stuff. And I, so that's what I was, that's what I was influenced by there. Great influence. Yeah, I like that. Um, how you added that in between songs. It's kind of cool. I'm a sucker for it. I love it because it feels like then it's a narrative. Yeah. Well, oh, you're, cha- you're changing the channel and you get to another track. Thanks. And uh, it, it needed some glue because the source material is so all over the great. map. And I right. put it right in the title, right? Like, it is a weirdest beat tape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to, at first, the working title was The Weirdest Beat Tape. But then I thought, well, someone's probably made one at least this weird, if not right. weirder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. You so, don't want to get sued for false advertising. Yeah, I don't want to be too yeah. presumptuous. Or you can just be super confident and like, no, it is the weirdest beat tape. Well, yeah. Come at me, bro. Get aggressively confident no. about it. The, yeah, yeah. Tell the world. Exactly. The people can decide. I thought yeah. the radio beats also. Well, I guess you know, with tying together stuff. The, the other, and we'll get to the song, but stick is the other like necessary piece of glue i think to all this because stick cory is the bridge between what you're doing and what kind of all the rest of this is like and his song it's not a it's not a joke song by any means but like some of the stuff he says in there is so funny and so like hyper literate my unlaced jays stay plugged into the cement you know that's so evocative that's like novelistic so it's really good. And he's like the bridge to me between like your world and approach, you know, or sounds good and, and some of the rest of the stuff. Anyway, we're getting into the part. So this is the science of everything. These are th- the next three songs. Uh, it's all me and it's all done directly on the 404. So after today, an extra version. I challenge myself, like, okay, let's make some tracks only on the device and see what happens with that. Um, so this is the one I use the pattern sequencer method. So there's a BPM and a click and I'm recording samples and setting up patterns and um, like doing the deep dive on that that method so i don't know the vocals i mean it's all me the vocals are me the drums are probably samples maybe from a i downloaded some samples uh there's definitely monotribe in there i'm trying to think what the main kind of pad sound is from i don't remember anymore i think it may actually Maybe the pad was one of the stock samples that came on the 404 from the factory. That would make sense. They give you a like it's like a fat like a factory setting kind of like yeah. where they have like a few snares, a few kicks, a few cymbals or something kind of. Yeah, and even some some key samples and nice. Um, I don't remember what all was on it, but yeah. Uh, and then the next one, let me show you, was not only a 
a challenge of uh, using the resample method to make a make a song. But also, I was playing with uh, a Dilla technique. Um, and there's a very good explainer on YouTube, I'll link to it, that I watched uh, by a guy who goes by um, Very Sick Beats. Uh, in fact, I used two of his techniques in this song. One is the Dilla technique of taking a... chopping a sample that's in 6-8 time into 4-4 four, four time. Ooh, mm. that's cool. That works really well because y you cut out a third of each, you know, you cut out between beats three and four and between beats five and six, kind of. Um, so you chop, I mean, you chop on the downbeat and then on the snare on four and then make a four, four beat out of that. This song uses the original sample, which is a Howie and Scott song um, in both time signatures. So it flips back and forth. The other very sick beats technique in the song is a scratch, a fake scratch. Yeah. Um, and the, love the starting sample of that is tearing a piece of paper. That's right. You told me that, and it's crazy because, again, it's just just like your drum beat at the beginning, the beatboxing. I wouldn't have ever guessed that it was paper. Did you did you uh, put a mm -hmm. lot of effects on the? The Definitely at least filter and the vinyl simulator. Okay. We're familiar with almost any other song on this the first time I heard it, you know? Um, but it was really cool to hear. I've heard this song, I can't even count how many times, you know? Like, it's just... And it's awesome, and it's a joy to hear it in this context. Yeah, it was really fun to do. Uh, Nate, the sax is Scott Morris. It's so weird. So the vocal sample is me. I don't recognize it as myself when I hear it. Me neither, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like... Uh, like an old, um, like, uh, what do you want to call it? Like an old radio announcer, like Art L or something like that. I don't know how to Yeah, call I was it. going for, um, like British film strip, sort of. Yeah. Like, uh, um, what was that fake science show? Uh, look around you. Look around you. <laughs> Just look around you. <laughs> the fake science show? Oh yeah, if you have uh, trying to figure out Mystery uh, Science Theater 3000. No, no, look, no, it's literally called Look yeah. Around You. Oh, look it up on YouTube. It's it's fake British science like instructional classroom. Sounds amazing. It's so great. Yeah, that, that's really funny. Yeah, this came out. This came out really great. I really like this one. This is my favorite of the like solo, just me ones. And in I terms of the that. in terms of the story, it was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Corey. Oh, that's it. I was gonna say something about the story. I was just gonna say that, like the narrative again. Like I'm such a sucker for it. 
love it. I love an album that tells a story, whether through the songs or whether through like the like that you said the interstitial kind of stuff. Um, uh, you introduced me to John Hopkins. I love the record that you got me into, but he's also got that Campfire Stories record that I discovered. Yeah. It's great. There's, it's fucking awesome. It's like you're at a campfire listening to different people play music, and it's like a, a, a cohesive experience. So, was yeah, that was it. Yeah, that actually ties in because what I was gonna say is like, this song is kind of important in the in the story or the process because. I felt like I was able to make like a full length song sure. only through chopping samples, right? Because there's only that one vocal sample. Um, so there's not like a vocal melody, really. And this this kind of goes into where the album I did with Royce that'll be out later kind of goes very heavy with this and like taking small amount of vocals and processing them in different ways, playing them different, uh, rhythmic in different ways rhythmically. Yeah, which and, is really cool. And sustaining like a whole equivalent of a pop song with a very small amount of vocal material. And an arrange, I mean, the arrangement, like there's always, even with the limited samples in Let Me Show You, there's like always something changing every every phrase if it's a four bar verse like four things are going to happen and just figuring out how to do that was kind of the development piece uh this is lights in the forest this is a failed experiment essentially but it turned out okay <laughs> i <laughs> my ceiling fan makes cool semi-random oh, yeah. rhythmic clicks and things yeah and uh so this is a long sample of that i held the mic up and my arm got real tired and and i what i was going to try to do was uh emphasize the clicking and the the rhythmic piece and and find like pieces of that that i could turn into an identifiable beat yeah, yeah. And there was just there's too much background noise to mm. clean up and get it to anything that was like rhythmically usable. Uh, so I just leaned in and played with some effects and like made an ambient piece out of it. I have uh, several items in my house uh, that I that do something like that. Yeah. Um, Laurie gives me a hard time because I hum along, like I will hum along to the microwave, but I didn't know I, I didn't know I did it. It had this, it has this like short wave kind of thing to it. Oh, cool. Uh -huh. I was like kind of harmonizing to it or singing along with it or whatever. And she was like, it's weird that you hum along with the microwave. And I was like, I don't do that. That's not something I do. And she's like, next time you do it, next time you microwave something, just pay attention. She was right. <laughs> now I want a sample of you doing that that like has both I want both sounds. Right. <laughs> the your approach or your your evolution with writing songs with a 404 
I, it kind of mirrors like my experience with like rock songwriting, but more so it's like um, with it made me think of cooking. And by that, I mean, I was first learning to cook food. I was was doing putting way too much stuff in there and trying to get too fancy. And it was just a bunch of stuff in there. And the, the more I cook, the older I get, the more the more I am super into a few ingredients uh, done uh, in a in, in an interesting way or leaving a lot of space or whatever. So when you're using these 404 samples and vocals, like in the song that we just heard, like it would be really easy to make it really cluttered and almost like kind of nauseating in a way, like as far uh-huh. as like just being overwhelming with stuff. But it had a ton of space. It was a song, you know, I'd heard before, uh, but just right, the 6-8 turned into 4-4, four, four, the sax, or whatever, it's just bet that's something that it pays for people to learn really quickly with a 404 or any sampler like don't don't go nuts less is always more it's fun it's fun to make sounds and do effects and stuff like that so that's probably the biggest temptation you have to like (laughs) you know because it's it's a blast to do yeah yeah i think that's absolutely true and both a couple of specific things about the 404 kind of reward minimalism in that way. Number one, the thing which you don't have to do, but it sounds awesome and it's super fun to do of like doing an effects take and like so you have a finished song or whatever and you play it through and you're like slamming different effects on there and mm-hmm. <laughs> turning the knobs and that's so fun. I bet. It sounds cool. You feel like a million bucks when you're doing it. It's it, it is easy to overdo that too, but like <laughs> definitely when you add, that's a whole different type of production to the listener's ear. Yeah. Uh, most music, that's just not really a thing that happens in a lot of music. Right. <laughs> and then the compressor on the slamming thing, effects, which is famous and just hyper aggressive, <laughs> and um brings out i mean it brings up the noise for it brings up every reverb tail and like delay and so even at like minimal settings when you <laughs> use the compressor which you which is great but like it's bringing out texture and little tiny things in every sound uh-huh. in your mix right. uh which is a whole different kind of thing but like again rewards sort of minimalism i think right uh which i learned slowly this this remix nate can we start this over is that too much trouble uh-uh. i'm okay with that too this song rips awesome because i, I kind of want to i kind of want to hear like how how we get into it i kind of want to let that play because this this is not minimal and honestly it could have been a little more minimal um yeah i think it's it's so good. All right, let's listen to this until we get some synth and bass. Because I want to explain about the bass. Uh, stick it up, bucket. 
I'm in the bucket with the bucket low. Nappy head, busted clothes. I ain't shaved in a couple, bro. But the ladies love it, though. And the cutty two-tone. Like the way you juxtapose, but the break suspect. Always playing the tuck and roll. Stuck below the surface. You gotta know it's killing me. I lied a couple bars ago. You know these bras ain't feeling me. I think I'm lame and corny, so they don't want to deal with me. I never had the extra cash and swag in my auxiliary. And chivalry is dead. The moment that they see the ride, crack windshield. So they know when not to be inside Open up the passenger door For me to get in Cause it's the only one that work But I be dipping This is the song I emailed you about when I listened to this. I was like, this is hilarious. It's so good. It's so good. And it's all, it's like all stick. I love, man, I love that guy. Oh, I have pot. Oh, sure. If you were going to talk about the bass. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can let it play from here. Okay. But... Uh, so so this came together in Reaper for the most part and then went on to the 404 for effects. Um, there was a little, little bit of sampling. I put a, a little vocal piece on the 404, play that into Reaper. and so, But this mostly came together in Reaper. Uh, started with the synth part, the huge synth pad. Uh, that's AX60. And that was like the main idea was to like I wanted this I, I just heard this chord progression I wanted to take it in a very different direction I wanted to give stick something you would not have heard from anybody else before and so so a tiny piece of minimalism in this is that there's no the synth pad is the bass like there's no low end apart from the AX60. Oh. And then, but then there's all those bass, like the fast, like bass riffs. Yeah, yeah. They're almost like guitar riffs. Yeah. Uh, so that's bass. I don't remind me of Ghost of Mine a little bit. Yeah, you know, I hadn't thought about that, but that's a huge compliment. Thank you. And yeah, I, now that you mention it, I hear it. Um, yeah. And we had, that, I mean, I don't remember exactly, but like, I had definitely heard Eric's music by this point, so that was that was in the stew for sure. Um, he sent his uh, album out privately to a few people, man. It's sweet, killer. Oh, I'm excited for that. But yeah. I mean, I guess another cool, so like I had done with today, an extra version, I took the uh, original and cut it up and made, the first thing I did was like cut it up and make my arrangement in Reaper as far as putting, you know, moving pieces around. And one thing I really liked is total accident, but the way I kept the instrumental and vocal parts, you know, matched to each other. And 
like what happened with extroversion, I liked how the intensity and the dynamics and even things as diesel as like the is the hi-hat, you know, forward in the mix or not. Right. I liked how all that worked out completely by accident in my in my kind of rough cut. <laughs> so I mimicked that in how I like put the drums together and and all the other parts. I mimicked that arrangement, that that sort of accidental arrangement of how the original instrumental got cut up to make the vocal arrangement that I wanted. And I tried I talked over it, but I I tried to give a little nod to it. There's a there's a drum fill from the original instrumental that shows up a couple times in the remix. Oh cool. Yeah, that one that one just makes me happy to listen to and it's because of stick. Yeah. Like it. It's cool how that I mean anything any kind of musical thing becomes uh I don't know. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, so we'll finish up with the last one. They come at night. Approach. Last one I did. Maybe the first one I wanted to do. I've wanted to remix this song since Merely Minutes in a Day 2 came out and he was on the podcast and I heard this song. And I always wanted to do this remix with this drum pattern like what i heard was this drum pattern to his vocals I, <laughs> like hear a song like that and you're like i know how it should go almost not really but you know you're like this is how it a little bit yeah yeah so, so did you play guitar on this yeah so i did the drums and i thought i was gonna do something really minimal I was fooling around with synth bass and found the the two note change that happens halfway through the verses like the chord change for the verse and it didn't sound cool on synth bass so I, was, so I got out the real bass and played it and just started fooling around and like came up with all the baseline stuff and it just and it grew from there then I was like oh well I should put guitar chords over the chorus to match the bass and then it became this echo kind of thing and then the whole double with the like crazy flanger and crazy distortion on the other side so it turned into this wild like alt rock thing by accident in, a, in one afternoon like it just it just poured out all of a sudden Unfortunately, we had nothing to do that day, and that could just happen. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, bass and two guitars, which, it, that was just done in an afternoon. Yeah, that guitar stuff is killer, man. Super good. Yeah. The, the bass guitar tone, I mean, it's is it your same thing, that trick that you have where you put you mute, you put some stuff on your... That bass tone is so good. It's My, so, like, deep and nasty. <laughs> My classic, my classic DI bass tone. Uh, James Jamerson with some, with a little extra juice. That's awesome.
just a general thing that I love, but you, you hear it here. I love uh, not having a kick or bass on, on the downbeat, which oh, yeah. is a total uh, like African thing. Like in Ghana, they never give you the downbeat, right? Like it's, it's all just other places. Um, but that just like instantly makes something feel kind of funky, I think. It's cool. We'll give you the downbeat. Get off on being withholding. No, it's totally, it's awesome. I love it. I was, it's like, there are certain things about the beat that I love and I uh, wouldn't have been able to put into words at all. Like it had like a back, like a swing or a groove to it or something. And that's totally what it is. And I'm sure, I'm sure there's micro timing stuff in there. So that's the drum brute that I use a ton. And I'm a, I'm well known as a huge fan of the micro timing and that sequencer. Um, so I'm sure I don't I don't remember exactly what, but I'm sure things are like shifted around a tiny amount to whatever just felt right. I I always do that. I mean, I do that in uh in Logic and everything. I mean, little minute um, movement sometimes just it's everything. Like, like yeah, the biggest difference. And a lot of people are just like, oh, I don't know, I don't even hear it, but like it, it's there. It, it, you, it, you, you, you feel it, it more. Yeah. You feel it more than you yeah. would maybe hear it. You just, it just exactly, feels exactly. You feel it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, getting, getting approaches like feedback and and okay for this was so great. I mean, just just made my day, made my week. Um, he sent me a nice little video message, which is his jam, kind of. And uh -huh. uh, Nate, I'm sure you've got a million of those. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> but you know, having having looked up to the guy since I moved to Kansas City in 2005 and started like buying local music and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, right. To have him show up on the phone, excited about something I'd done, was really really incredible yeah 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 that's Super pretty cool, cool man I, I mean i mean well i i i thought it was a really different and unique and really cool treatment yeah i, I mean i love that guitar tone i i don't know i i i it'll come to me at some point like what i where i want to describe it but there's something about it. It's it's cool. it's cool. I uh I don't know if this will make you feel like it's less cool. I hope not, but uh it's, it's heavily influenced by pop era U2. I mean that that I can hear that. It would make sense. There's and a there's little nothing, I mean there's a little disco tech in there. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. I mean it, it it it's the way that it's used and it I mean <laughs> Really, it is. It yeah, is. absolutely, it is. And, and because, it, and because it, it sounds like it. That's that's how that's the, that's what you should be using. It doesn't sound like like you're you're pulling to some trope or you know you're you're like like hey guys this is this is U two right <laughs> you know here's my U two guitar. I mean it doesn't. I mean there's no I you know I I wouldn't have thought. I mean mm. you know maybe maybe someone who's just like super 
that was music a lot would be like, yeah, I, 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 I recognize that, but I wasn't thinking anything about, I, I just thought it was like, I was like, man, that's a really dope guitar tone and, and, and guitar and the chords. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah. And, and that's, it's not an invitation by any means, but it's just, it's, it's taking those ideas, which, which aren't, you know, the most groundbreaking ideas in the world, time delay yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Because Edge's genius isn't in having like the. Uh, he's not a shredder or anything, but he's a. I think he's a musical genius because of how the part fits with the song and how the part sometimes makes the song. And yeah, you can apply that to anything. You can apply that to any genre or whatever, because that's a that's like a generalized musical lesson and insight, you know? Absolutely. It doesn't have to be tied to crawling out of a lemon. Right. <laughs> there's so there's two right, I think there was two guitar bits. Well the one I the one is the like the soaring, flangy airplane taken off kind of guitar, I think. There was that and there was like the faster high disc right, you're saying like disco pop. The, the, the picking. The, that the, the reminds me pop. of that, like a more contemporary like uh i thought of haim uh, oh, how sweet. they do those fast high guitar mm-hmm. notes a lot um, mm-hmm. but once you said you too i was like oh that makes way more sense there it is <laughs> like yeah that was a very intuitive yep and it's not the whole part like the uh the guitar melody on the outro you know if that's influenced by anything it's really influenced by uh five star crush the band i was in like oh, yeah. 15 years ago you know that's a very that would be a very joel kind of part in a good way. Yeah. I want to ask you guys each the same question, maybe to wrap up. I don't want to take too much time, but like, what can you tell me anything you've both like known kind of this was happening? You've heard me talk about the 404. What's in terms of like a process, what is it like from the outside to kind of go from, hey, I bought this box to here's a record? Hmm. Um, I'm uh, like you're a person who when you when you're interested in something like a new instrument or a new pedal or a new whatever like in this case a 404 you're someone who will just like dive in and it's not a chore um, for you like it doesn't feel like work you're just like I'm excited to play with this I'm going to see what I can do Um, and it I can tell listening to this that it sounds like you had a whole ton of fun Doing this like it sounds like fun all the way throughout but even though you're like that where you'll just pick something up because you get really excited about it i'm i mean i'm a little surprised surprised and impressed by how naturally it seems like you took to it like this record sounds like a such a natural fit or something like that to me and i know that it was a learning process for you and i'm sure there's a million things you would have done differently from the beginning or whatever, but it sounds, it sounds really good. And it sounds really you, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's a very like Howie record in, in a way that I have never heard before. That, uh, that's about the biggest compliment you could give me in a way. I mean, so thank you. Um, Cause yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how people would, take it not that it matters but like i'm happy 
I'm happy to hear my personalities in it somewhere. Yeah. Like and like I was saying, I, you can hear an evolution there of like you learning things and trying new things out. But at no point does it feel like like a clumsy or awkward or like a bad fit. If that makes if I'm making sense, like it sounds like um, it sounds really good and it sounds really natural. Like this is like it's like a 404 could have been something that you've been messing with for years or something like that. You know what I mean? Like. It was your first instrument, like when you were a toddler. Your parents got you a f- tiny 404 for your crib or something. It almost could have. I think they it came out in like 2002 or something. It's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty old instrument in a way. The 404 is newer than the 808. Yeah. Oh, they but, did numbers it backwards. Oh, the, Roland's me. numbering. I'll send you a video. Uh, um, Alex Ball has a crazy video about Roland's naming and numbering system. Which is Jesus. basically nonsense. <laughs> There's no, it's, like, it's total chaos. Uh, but yeah, the 808, that's like early 80s. Right, that's what I was thinking. So I was surprised that the 404 was from early 2000s. Oh, I was yeah. like, but that's, but 404 become, becomes uh, before 8. That's the what I know The only thing they math. have in common is Roland likes those like XOX type numbers. Eight. That's the, that's the only thing. I mean, it does sound cool. If you put out the 808, everybody loves the 808. Everybody recognizes it. It sounds cool. They're like, let's just do that again. But, ah, shit. What are some other numbers? <laughs> Ran out of eights. Yeah, man. I, 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 uh, I, I would echo some of that sentiment as, as far as it sounding natural. It doesn't sound like it's contrived. It doesn't sound like you went out on some crazy tree limb and, and are forcing people to listen to a 404, a bunch of 404 songs. It, they, you know, the songs sound very, <laughs> the stupidest, uh, they sound very song-like. They sound very song-like. They're, uh, um, and I think some of the remixes you did were, were super cool. Um, some of the stuff you did with vocals, yeah, it's it's uh, you wouldn't guess that it was something that you were. Hey, this is uh, I'm doing this to f- familiarize myself with this piece of gear. It, it doesn't sound like that at all. Um, I really like it. Yeah, thank you. That's I'm, cool to hear about the songs. And I want to be clear, like. I love the 404 artists that just do like 404 things. You know whether it's right, 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 and 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 I, and I guess that you know I don't want that to be taken as some sort of like no, no, it didn't come uh, off that way. Anything else I hear oh, in the four or one sounds like no, no. Um, I, I guess I, what would I? I'm just it's just it's what you would expect, I guess, to hear you know from a four or four, which is cool as shit. You know if, if, when you've got the right people working it, um, isn't what this. I don't think, you know, uh, most of this isn't what is what I would expect to hear from, from that. Yeah. And in what I'm trying to say, yeah. And it never what you said didn't come off like bad at all. And in a way, it's it's the. It's the skill of those artists like Diviasi and Flobama and people like that, that I was never I'm like, I don't have the patience to get to that level of skill with it. I was never going mm-hmm. to. Um, just put in the hours to make music at the level they make 
that type right. of music at. So I was always going to like find a different way into it because okay. like that lane, they're so far ahead of me in that lane that like I'm never catching up. And so I like I take inspiration from that, but I was never going to. Corey, it's like with like Derek Jennings and play guitar. Derek played in a band called The Return that I'll link to. But like I remember being with you and seeing The Return at Knickerbockers and coming out of that show just like, nope, not (laughs) not ever going to try and play in that lane. Right. Because Derek's so far down that lane. You just have to find a different one. That's a band. Yes, that's a band where like I'm so inspired. I love the music so much, and when I see them live or when I listen to them, I have like I'm so inspired, and I feel such a, a powerful emotional response to it. And at the same time, as a musician, I feel so deflated <laughs> in some ways because <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck, Sky songs are so good," and that's to say nothing of his guitar playing and the other musicians in the band, like the bassist and the drummer. It's insane. It would take me so long to write half of, you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much going on. Uh, right. So, like, I get that sense of deflation. So you think, like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm not going to, I'm not going to attempt to, like, if I'm going to start playing basketball, I'm not going to try to, like, dunk or something. You know what I mean? Like, that's not right. what I do. I'm going to do, I'm going to invent a cool layup or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel about the return is how I feel about the, the people who are just incredible on the 404. It's got to take such like dedication, like a real love for doing it. I mean, just having fun with it, but also like real vision and real commitment. Like sometimes probably to the, yeah, I mean, like anything else, it's, stuff. Just, yeah. it's, it's your, you know, the time that you put into it. I mean, some people are, are you know, more natural than others and they take to it and they understand it and uh, it comes quicker, but you know, it, it, it does. I mean, I mean, you have to put time into it, and, and you know, unfortunately, there's a, a lot of people just don't have that much time to put into it. Otherwise, you'd probably see a whole lot of other great um, artists, uh, you know, great people that are making, you know, great art because they have the time to actually learn how to use the tools. That you know, I mean, and you know, that's not to say you have to have some, you know, have to have certain things to make make stuff. It's just, you know. Um, there is something about having, you know, things that you really enjoy using and you really um, want to spend time getting to know and and know how to use and use well. Um, there's a lot to that. And I think a lot of times, I mean, of course, if you know something really, really well, you're going to, um, you know, stuff that you make with it's going to sound like you do know it <laughs> that well for sure that, and honestly i think that's kind of a perfect place maybe to leave it it's just you know, this is my little story with this instrument but yes it's 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 the same uh it's not the same but it's this it's, it comes from the same place it has the same hopefully fun and energy of whoever you are whatever tools you have at hand, play with them, get to know them, make them do things they weren't supposed to do, use them in a genre they're not really associated with, (laughs) and just play around. Literally play around and see what you can make. 
Um, uh-huh. I got this. I was interested in this device, but I got it with no expectations. It could be an app on your phone. You know, it doesn't have to be a piece hey. of hardware. Uh, yeah, go. This is what I did uh, when I was playing around. You go, everybody, play around uh, hey. with whatever music making or art making stuff you have lying around. It's called a weirdest beat tape. Uh, you can find it at mrfuriousrecords.bandcamp.com or on all the major streaming platforms. And uh, if you listen this far, I appreciate you listening and hanging out, and I hope you enjoy a weirdest speed tape. And there's more to come. Yeah. Much more to come. So much more. You'll be so frightened. Much. If I told you how much, you'd be scared. That's you how much. Go, you would change your address. Yeah. Change your phone yeah. number. Absolutely. So nice to talk to you. It's so good. It is good. This has been a long play listening party. Later, everybody. Bye-bye.